and throughout the world, it's football time in Tennessee. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, Pitches it. it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's got it. 40, He's got 40, it. 20. He's got it! In zone! Touchdown Titans! There are no flags on the field! It's a miracle! This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour with your host, Drake Colley. And welcome into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake in the studio with Clayton. The ever-knowing and ever-seeing Claw Harris. And a very special guest today, the voice of Columbia Lions football, basketball, you name it. He does it all. Barry Smooth Duke. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Yes. And uh, uh, Barry, you know, we've – this station – and 101.7 and sister station 103.7 has been involved with Columbia Central High athletics, especially basketball and football for the most part, um, for longer than I've been alive, longer than you, longer than anybody in this studio has been alive. It'll be 79 years this fall. Oh wow, seventy nine years. That's a that's a lot of years. That's a long time. That's a lot of time. That's a long time. Now, yeah. um, right now, Columbia Central boys they're in the throes of this TWSAA tournament. You want to talk about that a little bit? And exactly, uh, Columbia Central Lions uh, coming off a big win the other night, uh, winning uh, over. Uh, Coffee County. Coffee County. Now that was at, at Coffee County. At Coffee County. At Coffee County. In a tight ball game. Yeah, 43-40 was the final score. Lions winning. Lions are 18-8. and eight. Uh, They, uh, of course, Brandon LeVere, first-year coach for the Columbia Central Lions. Was what a terrific job Brandon's done. District 9-4A uh, Coach of the Year. So that was uh, very, very good for him, good for his resume, good for his team. Uh, Brandon LeVere doing an outstanding job. And, of course, uh, plays a lot of players, a lot of young players, not afraid to play them under duress and did it during the season and had a lot of games that could have blown people out, but it came a little bit closer game because uh, he played everybody. Right. Now playing everybody pays off, especially in the tournament because they went to Coffee County, uh, got in foul trouble, uh, needed a, a boost and put some younger players in and gave them that boost. They didn't lose anything and uh, come up winning the ball game. So uh, they're not worried about foul trouble. Uh, Coach LeBeer gets them going. They play with a, a lot of intensity. They play with a lot of pizzazz and they, uh, and they are running plays and they're very structured and very wide open offense also. So they, they got it all. So the next opponent for the Columbia Central High Lions will be 
uh, from what I understand, Ravenwood. Ravenwood from Williamson County. Right up the road, just north of here a little bit in Williamson County. And, exactly. Uh, uh, and that game will be Saturday at in Columbia Central's gym. Exactly. Saturday. And I, I imagine that would probably be a 7 o'clock tip-off, Barry. Do you think that's – That's what I'm thinking. Correct. 7 o'clock. Yeah, that's what okay. I was thinking. 7 o'clock, Saturday night, Lions take on Ravenwood that, at Columbia Central. And that is a quarterfinal game of the region. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, folks, if you can, get down there, uh, support the Columbia Central Lions, and uh, if you can't make it, we're going to broadcast it right here. Or will it be on 103.7? 103.7. It'll be on 103.7. And at the same time, Barry, I think while you're going to be doing the game Saturday, are we going to be doing Kalioka? I mean, excuse me, Santa Fe and uh, – Huntland. And Huntland in Santa Fe. Okay. So, mm-hmm. folks, if you're listening, you got two terrific ball games right here Saturday uh, to in Murray County to go to. Either say if you want to go watch Santa Fe play with their terrific junior Auden Slaughter, exactly, or you can travel over to Columbia Central High School right next to Murray County Park and watch the Lions take on Ravenwood Saturday night. Exactly, and of course Santa Fe's got Auden Slaughter averaging thirty four points a game. It's unreal, unbelievable. Have you seen him play in person? I mean. I did. I went to uh, – not this year. I saw him play last year. Right. Uh, went down to Santa Fe broadcast. They won the uh, regional tournament, I think, at that time and, and watched him play. And uh, Man, he's something else. Yeah. And, and he didn't play a couple of games this year, I understand. And his brother and a couple other teammates had to step in, and they took up the slack. Right. Well, yeah. he's got uh, Mr. Atkinson that plays with uh, – his kind of slaughters – Robin, yeah. Batman to Robin, if you, if, if I'm making the right metaphor type uh, relationship, he can step in and, and put and put the ball in the hole too. So. Exactly. And I think uh, Slaughter has a brother playing. I know his father's the coach. and uh, yeah. Yeah, they, It's they, a family they, affair over there at Santa Fe, and we couldn't be happy for and, you know, And they, we, beat, they beat a really good Richland team. Um, 52 to 44 the other night. Yeah, I In mean, the district, district 10 single A championship to beat – to win that tournament. Yeah, I mean, and you look at Richland, they got two guys that are over 6'4". And Santa Fe, I think if you ask Coach Slaughter what could be their weak spot, they don't really have a true post presence. But they were still able to pull it off. They played great defense. Uh, you know, they split with Richland in the regular season. Uh, Santa Fe won the first matchup. The second time around, uh, Auden had just come off that ankle sprain and was not 100%. Uh, but – he uh, he. That's two years in a row now. Last year, obviously, he they won the district on that last second shot that he made at Richland, uh, but they they were able to pull it off again. Now, real, Drake, if you don't mind, I want to ask Barry a question because he's been doing Columbia games last okay. couple of years. Uh, last year they were seven and twenty-one. Exactly. Talk about what you've seen different about this team and this program. We know Brandon well. Brandon did an inter, and I brag on him all the time. He did an internship here the summer of his senior year of college, right? And he would sit upstairs in, in the office with me, and we would we talk about ball and talk. And I don't think at the time he he knew what exactly he was wanting to do, but you look at what where he's where he's gone in the last two or three years. It's just incredible. It is. He, he has a great mind for basketball strategy, defense. 
Uh, he's just got a feel for the game, and he tries to translate that to his players. Uh, first six, seven games of the year, maybe not as smooth, but after Christmas, everybody bought in, and uh, and and he uh, he relates well to the players, and then the players relate well to him, and they put it not on paper anymore. They put it on the floor, and they, they've come together as a team. And one thing I was excited about, kind of skipping a little bit, uh, on uh, the other night, I can't remember what night it was, third Friday night, third, what, what's the night? It was uh, the other night when they played at Coffee County. Of course, crowds, Coffee County, everything's Coffee County. Uh, tough goal, Lions hung together, showed a lot of heart, a lot of determination. But when it was over, you know, they announced the uh, most valuable player. They announced uh, the all-tournament team and Brandon, of course, coach of the year. And one of the players, K.I. Hunt, was named most valuable player. And the players just went wild. His teammates went wild, went crazy, congratulating him. And he was surprised, very surprised. Talked to him a little bit after the game. He was surprised that he was named most valuable player. But his teammates rallied around him, and that showed me a whole lot because of their uh, chemistry, their unity, playing together. And it's something they didn't have last year. And this year, more maturity, uh, buying in on what Coach LeBeer is trying to do, and uh, showed a lot of maturity and unity as a team. And I thought that was great. What about the Lady Lions? Obviously, early in the year, there was a lot of buzz. They started off really hot, ranked in the top ten. They have struggled as of late. They have a 23-8 and eight record, but but they have struggled. Um, and and it's, it's ironic because they can turn it on and then it can turn it off for some reason. But – but uh, they've come up with some big wins, and uh, they show a lot of heart, a lot of fight. And I always say, and probably really shouldn't, but they're small. I mean, they are tiny. And uh, they're the uh, biggest people for Columbia Central playing inside, usually the size of the point guard of the opposing team. But these young ladies are mentally, physically, and emotionally tough, and they don't let that phase them. And I talked to them on the radio before and asked them, well, what about the size difference, you know? And they said, you know, I, I think I'm just as big as anybody. And they play with a big heart, and, and they are mentally strong. And that's what really impresses me with Coach uh, Megan Moore and, and the team because they play with a lot of heart. Uh, sometimes things just don't go well for them. Uh, when they played the other night against Shelbyville, they had uh, – one starter out. She was injured that Saturday and was not able to play, not able to dress against Shelbyville. And on the uh, bench, they had uh, they had eight total players. Well, uh, seven, well, maybe eight total players. Then Columbia got in foul trouble, went to double overtime. The Lady Lions went to double overtime. They had two players fouled out in the first overtime. And uh, so they were shorthanded and uh, had a player that was injured, a starter that was injured in the first quarter, and she was setting out. You know, uh, three quarters and one overtime, and then they had to put her in. But they were very shorthanded, and they still lost in double overtime. But but those young ladies, they, they fight, they battle, and, and I'm very proud of their uh, their efforts. Well, and you can listen to their game, their first region game, uh, tomorrow night on 103.7. You're going to have the call as they go on the road to Nolensville. Exactly. They play Nolensville. On uh, Friday night, uh, hopefully they are healthy. Hope they got uh, everybody back and a and a full accompaniment of players. There's no doubt in my mind if they had a full accompaniment of players on uh, the other night that they would have defeated uh, Shelbyville. But uh, they they fought with what they had. They and so our it. listeners, so our listeners, so they'll understand the girls' regions are 
games are held on Friday, tomorrow night. The right. boys are held on Saturday, the following night. So that's how that's how that's set up. Um, and like we said, um, Santa Fe will be playing at home against Huntland Saturday night. The Columbia Central Lions with Barry Duke on the call uh, will be playing in at, at Columbia Central against Ravenwood. Uh, who's just right up the road here, right up I-65 in Williamson County. Also, uh, local area girls quarterfinal or region action in the quarterfinals. Marshall County will be taking on White County, um, and Lawrence County will be taking on Livingston Academy, which, you know, you go up there on the plateau, Clayton, and, uh, you know, they are some serious – they're serious about their basketball up there when you get up around Upperman, Grundy County, Jackson Pick, County, Pickett County. I mean, you know they, yeah. you know it is it is no joke. I remember going up. We went to Livingston. We I think we had Livingston and York against each other uh, in a boys' substate. And uh, as our crew arrived at, the, we couldn't find a parking place outside the gym. And then we walk in the gym with our bags, headed to the locker room an hour before tip off. And there is literally no place to sit down in that gym an hour before we throw the ball up. So the, you you thinking about those folks wanted to see they wanted to see that game up there, and they are <laughs> they're serious about their basketball. That's about all I can say about it. Very you know, serious. And, and I also want to mention that Mount Pleasant girls go to Cannon County right. tomorrow night. Mount Pleasant boys on Saturday, and they've had a good season. Uh, but they will go to Grundy County uh, on the road. And I know uh, on Saturday as well, uh, the Kalioka boys, uh, they are still in the region. They will be going to Eagleville. Um, that'll be that'll be a really challenging matchup for them. And tomorrow night, the uh, Lady Warriors uh, of Kalioka will go to – and I'm pulling it up here – they will go to Moore County. Okay. So, we've got, I mean, all of just about all of Murray County. Mm-hmm. Uh, public schools are involved, still moving into the region tournaments, which the districts were over this past week. Now we move into the region. So it's getting down uh, where they're whittling teams out. And there's a good chance, um, if you can hear us right now, that your uh, alma mater is playing this <laughs> still in, in the tournament this weekend. Yeah, a few uh, Murray County teams still left, still Columbia, alive. Columbia Academy, I, I was out last week, so Columbia they, Academy is still involved in their – Yeah, the, the way the, the private schools do their district tournaments uh, is a, in, in region is a lot different than the public schools. For example, the public schools, the top four in each district move on to the region, uh, and then the top two in the region – move on uh, to the substate. Well, when it comes to private schools, the top, I think they take the top four maybe out of the region uh, that move on to a substate or state type deal. I'm looking now, it's showing that uh, Columbia Academy, uh, they last played on Wednesday. So they played last night and beat uh, Chattanooga Notre Dame 49-46. What a game. And it's Mm -hmm. showing that they will play Saturday at, at FACS which I believe is in Memphis, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, no, right. wow. wow. Let me see. It's uh, actually in Cor- yeah, Cordova. It's the First Assembly Christian School Crusaders. 
Uh, they have a record of twenty-one and two. Goodness gracious, that'll yep. be a that'll be a ball game. Yes, it of course, will. the uh, Columbia Academy Bulldogs coming in with a record of twenty-six and five on the year, so they having a very successful year. The Columbia Academy Bulldogs, especially record-wise, and as they continue to move through the ranks, so twenty-six and five is a very good record. Wow. Well, a lot of basketball going on. A lot of ba- a lot of college basketball going on. Is that we're winding down the college season um and your vols barry yeah i mean you know you wear the big arms around the station a lot which is fine are you representing uh you know the vols they had that little uh that little hiccup against south carolina right and then texas a&m texas a&m and texas a&m right and and those are two well south carolina now They've pretty much been playing some pretty darn good ball all season, and, and, and they're finally getting the respect that they deserve by beating teams like Tennessee and going to other other school, other SEC gyms and winning. Um, but now Texas A&M, I don't know. Texas A&M, at the beginning of the year, I think they were really projected to be great, yeah. and they kind of didn't do anything – and now towards the end of the season, closer we get to the tournament, they've pulled off a couple of big wins. And and, and that's kind of opposite. And I, I don't know if Ole Miss ended up beating Mississippi State last night, but, you know, they started off really hot, and then they kind of took a little dip. So, But overall – And I mean, LSU beating Kentucky last night. Yeah, I mean, That exactly. was kind of a shocker. There was oh, – Wouldn't you agree, though, Drake, the SEC from top to bottom, pretty, other than Vanderbilt and Missouri – Pretty dang tough. They're good. Exactly. It's and, a good and, conference. And that's the point I was going to make. Uh, uh, you go on the road and you, and you take your life in your hand in the <laughs> SEC because because it's tough on the road when you play an SEC team. The SEC teams are really stepping up. Even if you play Missouri on the road, you have to fight for your life. Yeah, the Vol, the Vol they played last night, right? They No, it was, it was uh, Tuesday night. I Tuesday think. night. It was a Tuesday night. Five-point so, win by the Vols exactly. in Missouri. Exactly, and you know, the, I think they, I think the line on that game was like twelve or thirteen, something like that. But uh, like you said, any given Wednesday or Saturday, yes, in the SEC, uh, no matter who you are, or how big and bad you think you are, you can go down uh, against anybody, just about top to bottom, with with the exception of probably, I'm just going to say Vanderbilt. I don't know well, what we're going to do about Vanderbilt. I mean, I, Jerry Stackhouse, he's he's a sharp dresser. I, I like the, you know, he, I like that like that about him. Seems like he's a level-headed guy, but he just has not gotten the job done at Vanderbilt. They're going to have to move on. Well, there are a couple of players short this year with injuries and, I guess, defections or whatever, probation, whatever. But there are a couple of players short, but – even Vanderbilt will put up a great fight with what they have. They, you know, and uh, Missouri, just a couple of players away, a couple of breaks away from being a, a fairly good basketball team, and those are the bottom two. But when you go Ole Miss, I think Mississippi State won that game last night. But when you go Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, you know, in the middle, but then Florida's stepping up. And uh, Yeah, Florida and Alabama went into OT last night in a, right. in a high-scoring affair for college basketball. I mean, they were – Sitting at 170, 85 apiece, I think, when they went into OT, and it wound up being in the 180s. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's kind of hard to figure out college basketball. You can't really figure out whether uh, teams that 
score a lot of points are going to do well or teams that play. Because some nights a team will play in a low-scoring game and then the next night they'll be in the 90s. It's hard to kind of pinpoint where they are offensively and defensively. I think Kentucky's taking the brunt of it. They're not running through the league like they have in the past, so they're taking the brunt of it. Absolutely. Okay, that music means we're up against our first break. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm in the studio with Barry the Smooth Talking Duke and Clayton the Claw Harris. And uh, give us a few minutes. We'll be right back. This is Coach Traders Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Here is what some of our customers are saying about us. Great people. The place to shop for fair prices and great craftsmanship. Beautiful vintage and custom jewelry. Thank you, Beth. That is our goal. Stop by and see for yourself. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer and Carrie registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Surex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. This is Debbie Matthews with the Nashville Realty Group, and if you've been paying attention, you know the housing market has been tough, but rates are beginning to thaw. So if you're thinking about selling, the time to jump in is getting better every day. But if you're thinking about buying and those interest rates are still a little bit too high, a good agent knows how to negotiate interest rate buy-downs. And I'm a good agent. So call me, Debbie Matthews with Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Have you ever wondered if your insurance needs can be personalized? This is Hunter Carey. Our team specializes in planning your insurance needs to get you the best possible solution. State Farm is the largest home and auto insurer in the country. I love bringing that to my hometown. Born and raised in Columbia, I'm grateful for our close community ties. We offer help with home, auto, and life insurance for everyone in our community. Our office is located at 909 South Garden Street, across from the fire station. We're also online at huntercary.com. That's huntercary.com. And welcome back into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake in the studio with the claw running the boards. And uh, we were talking a little bit about some college basketball before we left for that first break. Last night's action uh, in the top 25, number seven, Marquette got well against DePaul after Marquette got hammered by UConn. 
last week. Uh, so they whipped up on DePaul 105 to 71. Good grief. I know. DePaul, remember DePaul used to, DePaul actually at one point in time was a force in college basketball. I just don't know what's happened to that university's basketball program, but they've just been on a downward uh, free fall yeah. trajectory for many years now. Number eight, Duke. Hammered Miami at Miami, eighty-four to fifty-five. Yeah, Miami earlier in the season. They've been good. Yeah, they they look pretty good. Not last night. They lost by uh, almost thirty. Number twelve, Illinois was upset by eight-point underdog Penn State in Happy Valley, ninety to eighty-nine. Number thirteen, Alabama survived at home against unranked Florida, ninety-eight ninety-three in overtime. What'd you take? I didn't get to watch all that. What, what's your takeaway from that? I mean, it's. Well, they didn't play well early. But uh, I think there were six minutes to go in the game. Florida's up 10. And then Alabama went on a run. Had a chance to win at the end of regulation. Um, and you got to give Florida credit. They're playing good basketball. Who took the last shot in regulation? That would have been Mark Sears. Well, that's their, super, that's their superstar point guard. I mean, you know, you're going to put the ball in the hands of your best player. Did he? What kind of shot did he get off? I didn't even – It was kind of an kind of like a four-low isolation type deal where he kind of took off and went to the basket, tried to penetrate and score. Unfortunately, there was a couple of trees down there. <laughs> that and, swatted and, yeah, it back out. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, like Mark Sears is listed at six foot two, which is tall. But in basketball, six foot two – Ain't that tall. It looks Not like, in Division One. Yeah, it looks like you're 5'6 out there. And right. so he goes in and shot gets blocked. They go to overtime. And um, Alabama quickly jumped up, went on like a 5 or 7-0 run. Uh, and it was just too much uh, for Florida to overcome. So, again, we talk about it all the time. You got to take care of your home games in conference. I think Bama's now 19-1 and in their last 20 at Coleman Coliseum. So – um, they're 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 finding ways to win even when they don't play well, and it looks like Drake. This whole thing with the SEC regular season championship is going to come down to uh, March the second, and you know who Alabama plays March the second um, at Coleman Coliseum. The the balls the balls. That's what it's looking like. Another action last night, Dayton was upset by George Mason, 71-67. Number 17, that number 16, Dayton. Dayton ranked 16th in the country. Number 17, Kentucky, lost at LSU, 75-74. Number 22, Colorado State, lost to New Mexico State, 68-66. So right there. Out of top 25 action last night, you had number 12, Illinois, losing. Bama almost lost to Florida at number 13. Number 16, Dayton did lose. Number 17, Kentucky lost. And number 22, Colorado State lost. So last night was, you know, there was top 25 action teams going down. Tonight, Rutgers is at number three, Purdue. That game tips off at 6 o'clock. And number 21, Washington State, is at number four, Arizona. And that's a late-night game. Starts at 10 o'clock tonight, Central Standard Time. Um, 
Well, they they had to run the Daytona 500 Monday Monday, Monday afternoon. And who's this William Byron guy? I mean, shows you how much I know about Will, NASCAR. Will, I don't even know who the guy is. I thought he was a poetry writer or something. Or is that Lord? By- is that anyway? No. Who Will, is this guy? William Byron. Um, William Byron started his racing career in that, what the, in what they call I racing. Well, he won the. I mean, he won Monday. He won the Daytona yeah. Five Hundred. Okay. You, you asked who he was. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. So. I, and, so Rick Hendrick signed him as a like a seventeen year old. They put him in a race car, and he was able to go out there and do things on track that he did online in this eye racing. And uh, last year, he led the led NASCAR in wins in the regular season. And you know, at Daytona, it's it's kind of a crapshoot. I mean, if you can survive the big crashes. Uh, you, you, everybody has a chance that survives those, and he was able to survive and, and won it. And um, he's driving one of the most historic numbers in NASCAR. That's the twenty-four number. There you go. And uh, Jeff Gordon, right? Yeah, and Jeff Gordon. Even but, I know that. And, I don't know much about NASCAR. And Jeff Gordon uh, essentially runs Hendrick Motorsports now, and he's the vice president. So what you're telling me is the winner of the Daytona Five Hundred, William Byron, was sitting around playing. NASCAR video games. Mm-hmm. Online. Online. And, and destroying everybody. Killing everybody. So he then goes and says, hey, I, I think I could do this in real life in a real car, not just on Xbox or whatever. Correct. And, and so they put him in a real car, and he's the champion of this year's Daytona 500. Exactly. Uh, just you know, which is the Super Bowl of NASCAR. NASCAR kind of does it different than everybody else. Their Super Bowl is at the beginning of the season. Well, all I can say is, video game geeks rejoice. <laughs> is all I can. I mean, really, you know, there's hope to get up off that sofa. Some kid is in the car. Put that big gulp down. Get up off the sofa and get down to uh, get down to your local racetrack and. And and jump in jump in a, a car and see what you can do, brother. There there are there are some kids I mean, in the car right now with their parents saying, "Listen to Mr. Drake, Mom. That, that, you shouldn't. I should be ungrounded from my games now." That's right. And you're always on me about playing a game. And this guy just won the Daytona 500. It's true. There you go. Um, Scotty Pippen, if you guys remember him, Horace Grant, and Luke Longley. They all played for the. Chicago Bulls back in the 90s when Michael Jordan and company went on their six championship tour dynasty run. Uh, and, it, you know, there's been a lot made out of The Last Dance, the documentary by about Michael Jordan and about those days back in the 90s. Well, Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, and Luke Longley are in Australia right now. And they're going to do a little – on-stage discussion, in-depth discussion, first-hand accounts of those years playing with Jordan and winning those championships. And it's called the No Bull Tour. And, well, right now, Pippen and Jordan don't speak, okay? They've got some type of rift between them. Um and Horace Grant has referred to the Last Dance documentary about Jordan as, well, BS. I'm just going to put it that way. I'm going to 
abbreviate it. What, what's BS about it? I it's ca- it, he just calls it the BS documentary. And I'm not really sure. I guess he's he went on. Uh, well, this tour begins tomorrow. Now, and let me go backtrack a little bit. Pippen, Scotty Pippen was involved in all six titles. He was playing yeah. for the Bulls all six titles. Horace Grant got there in 87 to 94. And then Luke Longley arrived in 94 for the second three-peat. There, so there were two. After, after Jordan's there were ba- two three for two years. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm not sure what the beef is about the last dance, but they want to set it straight. They're going on this international city tour. They're doing three nights in Australia, like Melbourne, Sydney, and I think Tasmania, and then they're off to another continent. Um, and you know, this Pippin and Jordan thing is kind of weird. You know, Pippin was married to Larsa which they're divorced now, and it was a very ugly divorce. Larsa Pippen, and she's on this Real Housewives of Miami show, uh, reality show on Bravo. Well, she's dating Marcus Jordan. Unbelievable. Michael Jordan's son. Now, Michael has come out and said he doesn't approve of it. It's not right. And get this, Clayton. She used to babysit Marcus Jordan when she was like 14 and 15 years old. That's unreal. Larsa Pippen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcus Jordan. And she babysat that that boy when when she was like a teenager. That's just, uh, yeah. (laughs) In other news about super athletic superstar son 15 year old charlie woods um attempted was in a pre-qualifying event for the cognizant classic which is formerly known as the honda classic Mm -hmm. that's called the cognizant classic pga tour event and i'm not really sure how it works but you can you can actually go out and qualify pre-qualify for these tournaments. Um, and Charlie Wood, Tiger Wood's son, went out and uh, 15 shot an 86, 16 over par, 86, uh, in his attempt to qualify for next week's Cognizant Classic. Um, so, I mean, you know, 15 years old, you're on a pro, you're on a pro course, uh, 16 over par. I would probably shoot 60 over par. You know, well, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, the guy's grown up uh, with a father who's one of the greatest golfers in the world, and uh, I, you know, that's gonna be a lot of pressure for him. But I've seen him play a little bit when they play together, and some of the pro am stuff, and he's not bad. I mean, he's got a good teacher, absolutely. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're raised up by Tiger Woods, and and it, and like you said, he's playing, he's playing in a lot. He's already played in quite a few events with his father. So he knows the ins and outs. He knows how to handle himself or how he should handle himself in the in the golf world, the, quote, pro world of, of, of golf. I'd be interested to see if Tiger is taking the same approach that Earl, his father, took with him. I, I highly doubt it. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of any of the stories. I mean, he was, he was, I mean it was hardcore. He was pretty – 
pretty rough on Tiger. He was I mean, a military he, man, and um, yes, he. I mean, a lot of lot of time on the driving range. A lot a of lot. discipline. Yes, I mean, I can remember them talking about Earl would stand in front of Tiger, literally from me to you, and make him take these shots that would go over him. He's either going to hit him or go over him. Think about the pressure that puts on him, yeah. especially a kid. But the ending result is Tiger Woods, one of the greatest golfers on the planet ever. So. That's right. Well, we're going up against our second break here in a little bit, uh, in just a minute. We're going to talk about something that happened 44 years ago today, one of the greatest moments in American in the history of American sports. Um, and it just when you listen to this, it just makes you proud to be an American. And that's the way it should be. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm Drake. He's the Claw. We'll be right back. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hosts for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom of Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business 
Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Great moments are born great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. 
I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake in the studio with Clayton the Claw Harris. And folks, if that doesn't make you proud to be an American and make the hair on your arms and the back of your neck rise up, then I don't know what will. 44 years ago today, a bunch of college hockey players coached by the legendary Herb Brooks, who you heard Kurt Russell giving his rendition or recalling of the pregame speech to his players before they went out on the ice to face the Russians. 44 years ago today, 2 1980, the Americans did the unthinkable. And that is went on the ice in the Olympics and took care of the big red, the big red team, the big red machine, whatever you want to call them. Pro players from Russia went down four to three to a bunch of college players. True amateurs. Oh, absolutely. Now it's changed a little bit in the Olympics. Professional players play in the Olympics. Uh, but I tell you what, what a, in the movie the miracle, miracle with, on ice with Kurt Russell. Yeah, I think I think it's called Miracle. Okay, it's one of the best sports movies I've ever seen. I mean, her her Brooks was a tough son of a gun. He certainly was. He played for University of Minnesota hockey, um, and then went on to coach. I think at the University of Minnesota also, um. But did you know this? Did you know that that was not a gold that was not the gold medal game? That was the semifinals. The Americans had to go on and beat Finland, which they did four to two in the gold medal round to win the gold medal uh, after beating the Soviets. Um that game was not broadcast live, it was recorded. Because had they broadcast it live, 
it would had the Russians would not agree to broadcasting it live because it would have come on at somewhere between one in the morning to four a.m. in the morning in Russia, and they didn't. You know, they wanted they wouldn't agree to a live broadcast. Um, Al Michaels, who was on that call, legendary broadcaster. That was the second hockey game he'd ever done in his entire career. Wow. That's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's just unbelievable. I mean, you know, he was selected by NBC to do the play-by-play for the game despite only calling one hockey game prior to that in his entire life, which was a 1972 gold medal game. So it had been a few years. Yeah, eight wow. years. Wow. Uh, he didn't rehearse. He did not rehearse the line. Do you believe in miracles that he uses? Just natural. It just, the word he said that the word miraculous just came, kept coming into his mind over and over again as they got closer to the end of the game. Um, miraculous. And then he asked the question, do you believe in miracles? Um, it that I mean to to kind of put it into context for people, it would be like a college football team beating beating the the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right. That's because exactly they, what it would be because like. they were the best team in the world on the planet. On the planet, the Russians with pros. Yeah, I mean they they were they were legit. Uh, Mike, I think it's I'm gonna try to pronounce Erizioni, who scored the. Go ahead, goal. Uh, he's after the game. He never played in the NHL. Never, you know. I mean, you would think that these guys, you know, whether they were terrific, but just to have a guy on your team that was part of that team would be a draw. It's all about the team. I mean, even if he just drove the zamboni around and cleared off the ice. Uh, Arizona still remained a fixture in American hockey, becoming a TV broadcaster with the Rangers and the New Jersey Devils and doing work for the NHL and the USA Network and Fox. He also worked five Olympic games as a broadcaster for ABC and CBS. So I I just found it, you know, I was watching uh, TV this morning, one of the sports shows, and they were talking about this and this being the 44th anniversary, and we just wanted to share that with you, a very special moment, and probably one of the – has to be one of the top five greatest American moments in sports ever. Uh, And if you get a chance to watch that video, watch it. They're skating around holding the American flag, and it just brings a tear to your eye. I swear, it's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, okay, this is our Thursday edition. We're going to wrap it up, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake in the studio with the claw, and we will be back and talk at you in about 24 hours. Have a great night.